0: Thanks for listening to the GFBC Student Ministry Podcast. Our goal through these podcasts is that you would grow your faith, build relationships, and mature as a believer in Christ. Now, here's the conversation. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm here with Caleb Wade. Caleb, how you doing, man? Oh, what's going on? Just chasing a dream, baby. Chasing that dream, baby. Today we're going to be talking about relationships, sexuality, and culture. Easy topics. Easy topics. Easy topics. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, question number one. What does a healthy biblical
1: relationship look like? Well, I would like to just say it's uh, me and Brittany's marriage. Uh, I mean, actually, as a matter of fact, um, you look at all the life fruit bleeders and the people that we put in front of students, we. Try to put people in front of uh, our, our, our students that, you know, students are going to look at them and say, man, I want my marriage to look like that. I want, I want my husband to, to act like that. I want my wife to act like that. We hopefully in our student ministry surround people with couples that they look at and say, man, I'd like to be like that.
0: Well, when you're approaching a dating situation and you want to pursue this boy or girl, what questions should you ask yourself to prepare for a dating relationship?
1: Man, you know, uh, well, there's all kind of selfish questions you have, like, man, how, how hard are, hot are they? You know, like, what is it uh, that I like about them? You know, there's all these physical questions you have, The, you know, are they smarter than me? Are they not smarter? You know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I think the biggest question you need to start with, obviously, is are they a follower of Jesus or not? That's the first question. And there's all kind of different opinions on that. But the first question you should always ask if you're a believer in Jesus Christ is is the other person also a believer in Jesus Christ?
0: Okay, so what if you approach a situation where a Christian is dating a non-Christian? So a follower dating a non-follower, should they immediately break up? Like what's gonna happen there?
1: <laughs> okay, here's what usually happens is the person that is a believer is tries to defend themselves and say Oh man, I'm dating. Here's what this person's like. Here's what this guy's like. Here's what this girl's like. And they defend them, and then that like if a student comes to me and says, Hey, I'm dating somebody. They're not a Christian, but they're an awesome person. Here's all these things about them. If I look at them and say, Hey, look, that's not a healthy relationship. Here's what immediately they do. They stop talking to me and they go find somebody else that's just going to agree with them. You know they they kind of want some counseling on it, but they only want counseling when it agrees to how you're acting. And um, a lot of times you find that with couples that one's a Christian, one's not a Christian um, and uh, the problems that that comes with.
0: Okay, so in terms of boundaries, what boundaries should you take in a relationship? What boundaries should you
1: set? Oh, man, so everybody wants to know, man, how far is too far? Dude, how far is it, you know, like, can I I kiss her, you know? Um, And, you know, you're like, man, but she's so nice. Can I, you know, we've been dating six months. Can I just kiss her? And uh, some people are like, six months? We kissed after the second date, you know? And so, uh, but uh, usually the biggest question people ask is, um, you know, how far is too far? And I really, there's two sides to this. One is, and this might take the entire time, uh, but one part of that is, um, I, I think the question of how far too far is, is not the right question, is, is when can I start? You know, it's not how far should I go. It's like, hey, there's a certain time when God says, have at it, you know, and it's when you get married, obviously. But uh, the question that people always ask is, man, how close to sin can I get before I start feeling guilty? And that, That's usually what people are asking. It's not a question of like, and people always say, well, man, it's, it's, it's kissing wrong. It's holding hands wrong. I had a student one time come up and said, hey, is it okay to kiss people? And I just looked at him and said, well, I mean, I, I kissed my wife, I kissed my kids, kissed my mom. Like, kiss, you know, kiss, there's nothing wrong with kissing people. People kissing each other all the time. And uh, they looked at me like, you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. And I said, well, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the, and it was this guy, and he was dating a, a cheerleader, and she's a re- very pretty girl. And I said, well, can I ask you this? When have you ever kissed her where you just wanted to stop at a kiss? You just want to kiss and then just stop. Like it's you're all there's always another step that you're wanting to pursue. And I said, When she's in front of her parents and you're sitting at a dinner table with everybody and you gotta get up and leave, do you get up and go over there and give her a kiss? And he's like, No. And I was like, Well, why not? Well, why not? He's like, Well man, they, they you know, like Her dad wouldn't want me doing that, you know. And I was like, "So you're you're like disrespecting the parents if you walk, you know." So we just kind of had this like little conversation we were talking about, and then we got into, "Hey man, when you guys kiss or you 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 did that, is did you just want to stop at a kiss, or did you want to go a little further? What what did you want to do?" And he realized then, like he he's never kissed anyone where like he literally just wanted to stop with a kiss, and so he knew now like how to kind of approach that in the relationship that he was in.
0: That's good. That's good. So what does our culture say about relationships? And then what does the Bible say about relationships? Is
1: it the same? Is it different? Where are we going here? Oh, man. Our culture says that uh, um, you start with 30 guys, you go to a remote island, and uh, you just get a rose. And if you get a rose, then uh, next thing you know, man, you're going to have a great, fantastic life together, and we're going to put it all on camera, and we're going to tell you what to say and how to say it. And Anyway, there's a popular TV show people might watch to see all that happen. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, The Men Told All was a couple... Uh, nights ago, and I didn't watch that because I'm a grown man, but uh, anyway, I just heard um, that, you know, that was a big part of their conversation is, you know, culture and how, and I remember one guy on there said, um, you know, it's a, a, a husband or a, a wife is supposed to submit to the husband, and that the husband's supposed to lead his family, and the whole audience booed him, and there's hundreds of people in there, they booed him, and they're like, oh, I can't believe you said that, and you just got to see culture at first hand of what that looks like. And now the context he was using it was totally wrong, and I did not agree with anything he was saying on there. However, what he actually said was right. Like that, you know, um, and so their culture is trying to say, uh, man, hey, you can make up for these mistakes by doing this, this, and this, and are, and and you know, if you had a terrible relationship, man, you can make it up by doing this. If you have, uh, you were um, a player in your in a relationship that you were past with with these girls or this, like you can make it up by doing these things. And man, what the Bible teaches us is there's something called grace. You you can't earn it. Like, it's something that's just given to you. And so there's so many times people say, man, I've ruined my testimony because of the way I acted with this girl. I've ruined my testimony because of the way I acted with this guy. And um, because of that, uh, you know, there is maybe somebody that you've—your you, your testimony is, is ruined with them. Like, the way you acted and what you said and how you treated them, man, it is different. But it doesn't mean that you're going to go to hell like, because there is something called the grace of God. I mean, he's there to forgive and to, to walk into relationships with you and to walk through life with you. And, but culture says, oh, man, I, I tell you what, as long as you just admit that you're doing it, you can do whatever you want. As long as you just admit it and say, like, oh, yeah, I know I, know I act this way. As long as you're telling everybody and you admit it, it's totally fine. Like, you're admitting it, right? Like, if you're taking the Enneagram, you know, if you scored a one, you're okay acting a certain way because you're a one. You know, if you scored a seven, you're okay to act any way you want because I'm a seven. Hey, you know, so I can act this way. Well, that doesn't make it right. And I think culture says as long as you're admitting something, you're totally fine to do whatever you wanted to do as long as you acknowledge it. Um, and the Bible says, man, that's just not the way. That's not the way you go about a relationship. That's not the way to go about life.
0: All right, we're gonna get into some tough waters here. So. What does our culture say about being gay,
1: lesbian, or bisexual, and what does the Bible say about it? Um, well, this has been pretty shocking probably over the last few years. Um, you know, there's only about—and this is statistics—is saying that less than 3% of the population is uh, uh, gay or homosexual. Less than 3% of the entire population is. And think about how much they have to say. And how many commercials they're on, how much they get to talk about whatever they want to talk about, and they get the rights to say, you know, it just, it's cr- every day you turn something on, there's somebody shaming somebody for something, or there's a, a parade somewhere, or there's somebody sitting out there saying, hey, you don't act this way because, you know, the Bible doesn't. I mean, there's just, it's all over the place, and you're only talking about 3% of the population. And so I think that, um, the culture is saying, "Oh man, hey, we're open to anything you guys want to do. Just be whoever you want to be. Just whatever you do. Just don't be a Christian. Don't be it out loud, okay? But any, anything else is okay. Just don't be a follower of Christ. If you and if you are a follower of Christ, you need to keep that to yourself because that's 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 uh, that's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's you're 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 judging everybody if you come out and say I'm a I'm a Christian, especially in a dating world, or especially if somebody is a homosexual and uh, you're." You know, um, and you're having a, have a conversation with them, and you mention anything about the Bible, they immediately say, like, oh, man, well, you know, what you have to say is not important. Well, it, it is, you know? So I, I think a lot of times um, culture accepts homosexuality. Culture is going to accept anything that you throw at it. But uh, Christianity, there's there's certain standards that says, hey, here's some standards I need you to stay with.
0: Uh, as Christians, how do we combat what culture says?
1: Uh, okay, so personal story. Um, I remember having a um, person that's very near and dear to me um, who is a homosexual, and they came to, over to me and said, um, uh, Hey, Caleb, have you ever thought about sleeping with a man? And I, like, laughed, you know, just like probably some of you are doing right now. You know, like, I'm just like, no, wait, are you kidding me? Gross. No, why would I? No. And I didn't even know what to say because nobody's ever asked me that question before. And he said, have you ever thought about that before? And I was like, not one time in my life have I ever thought about that. That's weird and it's kind of gross. And what, what are you talking about? And they're like, he's like, well, well, I have. I, I mean, I, I have. And you're kind of shocked, but you don't want to show it on your face, you know. And, you're, and he's like, so... This is why it's hard for me to talk to a lot of people because they don't know how I feel. This is why, like, I have to go talk to somebody else that struggles with this so that I can talk to them. And most everybody that struggles with this is not a, a follower of Christ. And so we, he continued with the conversation. He said, so I would love to hear, like, your thoughts on, like, what I just said. <laughs> and I said, okay, well— um, and you know, you're on your feet, so you got to think about this. But uh, I said, now, when I was, when God created me, I said, um, He knew all about me. He knew all these things. But uh, I, He also, I, I was created, I'm, I'm attracted to women. I, I'm just attracted to women. And I said, uh, That doesn't mean just because I'm attracted to women that if I see any woman that I think is attractive that I need to go sleep with or hook up with or kiss. I Like, He. I, I am married to my wife, and I'm true to my wife. So just because I have an urge to be like, man, that woman's hot, man. I need to go sleep with her. I just have the right to go do it. You know why? One, it's because I told God I wouldn't, and His Word says, man, it's for one man and one woman, and, that, and I've already made that covenant. And so it's, it's for me and her. And I said, just because I might have an urge doesn't mean I have to respond to the urge. And I said, so if you say you're a homosexual, and you say, man, here I'm struggling with these things, but I think I'm a Christian. I want to be a Christian. I'm not denying the fact that you don't have urges to sleep with a man or sleep with a woman. I'm not saying that you don't have those things. But what I am saying is, if the word of God it doesn't tell us this, but if it says, hey, I need you to get on all fours and bark like a dog the rest of your life, if the word of God tells us to do that and I want to be a Christian, I'm going to need to get on all fours and bark like a dog the rest of my life. But the Word of God doesn't tell me to do that. The Word of God does tell me that marriage is for a man and a woman, and sex is for a marriage. And if it tells me those things, that's how I go about it. And there's certain things that I have urges to do that doesn't mean I respond to them because I'm true to what God has called me to go do. So I'm not denying the urge. What I'm telling you is if you want to be a follower of Christ, there is a standard that you have to meet. There is things that you need to go do. There are things you're gonna have to say no to. Like if I want money, I can just go rob a bank. Like I even though I might have an urge, I mean, I'm just gonna go hold this bank. I mean, I'm just not gonna go do that because I have standards that I have to meet. And so, uh, tough question, but I've had some tough, tough questions come at me before from students, you know, on the spot.
0: When trying to minister to a person that is a non-believer that may be gay, bisexual, or a lesbian. How do you approach that? Is it any different from an, any other person that you would
1: minister to, or no? Well, I think everybody is. Everybody's going to be doing. You got to meet people where they're at. You know, you can't just have this. Um, here, here's here's five ways to share the gospel, and every person the conversation's going to go the same. You know, um, if you just have rules with people and you have no relationship with them, they're just going to rebel. Rules without relationship is always rebellion, and so if you go at somebody with all the rules they need to stay and do, and you have no relationship with them, they're going to leave. And so I, the first thing you always do, obviously, is just form that relationship with somebody. You know, uh, form that relationship, make sure that you have those places where you can have open conversations with someone. Um, so, is your question more of like how do you share the gospel with that person? Like, what what, what was the question?
0: So it's more as like how do you. Approach them about grace and character transformation if they're gay, bisexual,
1: or lesbian? Uh, okay, so imagine it like um, for anybody out there that is driving, okay? Um, imagine the orange cones that you see on the road. Those orange cones, just one cone in the road, um, you know, it it doesn't do a whole lot. But an 18-wheeler is going to go around it. They're not going to hit the cone in the middle of the interstate. Uh, but they're going to go around it. Now, if you take five or six cones and you line them up in a certain direction, people will go that direction. You know, um, An orange cone on itself probably weighs two or three pounds. But if you have... Um, a a Mack truck coming and you have two or three pounds of those cones set out, you know, five or six cones pointing in a certain direction, that Mack truck, as big as it is and as hard as it's going to hit, it will go in the direction those cones lead it. And so I think if we as uh, followers of Christ, especially if you're walking into a tough conversation, because it doesn't even have to be homosexuality. It could just be a parent that doesn't know Jesus. It could be anything that is a tough conversation. If you just think, man, I need about four or five of these cones lined up. For instance, uh, the first cone could just be like an identity, knowing somebody's name, knowing somebody's name, you know what they like, what they do, you know those kind of things are like a first cone. Uh, hey man, you know say hey, what's your name? I know I've sat next to you all year, but I haven't even had a conversation with you. Uh, man, I apologize about that, and just being real, just one the identity. The next thing people always have is like a, a, some kind of security. You know, something secure. I don't know what that is. And so usually that might be a sport. That might be a group of friends. You know, whatever it is, like there's something they hold really secure. It could be um, a talent that they have, singing. I I don't know what it is, but find out whatever that thing is that's like their security blanket, which is going to take more than one conversation. You find that move. There's another comb. Okay, And then the next cone that comes up is going to be like connections, like who they're connected to, um, their friends that they hang out with, the people they surround themselves with. So all these things aren't in a five-minute conversation. This is probably two weeks of a conversation that's going on. And then the next thing you know, there's three cones lined up already. You've already had a relationship. You're already talking to them. And now you have another two cones. And those two cones could be, hey, man, come to our midweek service that we're having this uh, next couple of weeks. Man, and maybe one of them is like, hey, man, you should come to beach camp with us. Or, hey um, – uh, man, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some lifestyle or, man, are you a person of faith? Are you somebody that knows what the Bible says? Or like, do you go to church anywhere? Like, those are all small cones that you lined up that can take a huge Mack truck in a totally different direction.
0: So let's talk about love for a little bit. A student once Let's a- talk about love. <laughs> <laughs> a student once asked me that, uh, who am I to tell them who they can and cannot love. How is that mindset a little bit different from what biblical love is?
1: Okay, so I would, first of all, I'd tell that person, um, uh, let's just say I have a good friend and um, they are heading in a totally wrong Relationship, or they're headed in a totally wrong, you know, uh, friendship, or you know, they're they're you. Next thing you know, every time you see them, they've turned into a pothead or something, and you're like, man, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be the person judging them. I'm not going to tell them what to do and what not to do. Um, Parents sometimes do this. Well, they'll say like, oh man, I, you know, I don't know if I should tell them what to do right now. Here's what I say: the world is going to tell them what to do if you don't. Like somebody's always going to be telling somebody what to do. So why, why shouldn't you? Like, if you don't tell somebody how to act or what to do or what your opinion is on that, like, the next person's going to tell them. So why don't you get to say anything? Like, you're you're free to tell someone, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, man, I, I care about you, and here here's some things that I see. Um, because the Word of God, you know, sometimes when we're in the middle of something, we don't see it. You know, we need people around us speaking into us. The problem is the people that are around us, sometimes they feel fearful for speaking into us because the Word of God says, do not judge, but it doesn't really it doesn't stop there. It says, do not judge wrongly. Okay? It doesn't say we can't judge. It says, don't judge wrongly, which means if somebody's struggling with something that's not your struggle, but you're a Christian person you're watching it happen, he says, hey, go to that person and say, hey, we need to fix this. Now, if you're struggling with the same thing, don't be calling them out. You're struggling with the same thing. You know, but if it's something you notice and see, the Word of God says, hey, man, you can go to them and say, hey, I'm seeing this, and I'm telling you, uh, I'm watching from a distance, and it's like uh, Proverbs 7, like an ox being led to the slaughter. I just see it, and I just need to say something.
0: So, Caleb, what is a red flag at the beach? Like, what does that tell us?
1: Uh, Not to get into the water. A lot of tides.
0: Uh, Correct, correct. What is a red flag in a relationship, and what are some that you should be looking
1: out for? Uh, red flags in a relationship. Um, like, for instance, a good red flag is like, hey, ladies, if you're dating some, a guy and he is a pothead, um, you're going to end up being his mom and not his girlfriend like you're going to be telling them to stop all the time, you know, like stop doing this, uh, you know, like red flags all the time. Uh, if you're going on a date with somebody and they are a complete jerk the first day, I promise you it is just going to get worse. Like everybody's on their best behavior on the first dates. And if it just gets bad in those first couple of dates, I promise you it's going to get worse. Like everybody's on their best behavior. It's It's, it, it's got to be great. If it's not, it's probably not going to work out. Um Obviously one, you know, being on yeah, a Christian or not a Christian, you know, those are huge red flags. Um, uh, I was on a date with a girl one time, she pulled out a massive cigar and she just started smoking it in my car. And uh that was like a red flag to me, you know, because I just I didn't smoke, you know. And uh I had a girl like pull a dip out, put a dip in one time on her you know, it sounds like I dated a bunch of rednecks, but uh, anyway, they were hot. Anyway, so are you from? Yeah, yeah, so uh they were from Terran. Anyway, uh yeah, so um, but it was just one of those things where, you know, you there's so many red flags that you cover up, though. You cover up because they have a good personality. You cover up because they're hot. You cover up because um, they sing good. You cover up because your friend wanted them to date them. And so some of those red flags have to be you need to go maybe on a double date with somebody. Maybe you need to let your friend speak into that relationship a lot more than you let them. Um, because sometimes you, you cover up those red You justify those red flags. So what should you look for in a relationship?
0: You should look for this, this, and this. Like if you were to lay out like points, like what points
1: would you give? Okay. So I I don't think that you need to date until you're ready to get married. Now. Okay. So somebody in seventh grade is going to totally disagree with me. And somebody that's in 12th grade is going to disagree with me. But I just think, man, dating is for finding a wife. And so, uh, but I also need to make clear, like, just because you went on a date with somebody doesn't mean you're going to get married to them. Um, like, if I went on a date with somebody, if I went to go watch, went to the movies with somebody, it doesn't mean I, I'm dating them. You know, if they send me a text or they send me a, uh, you know, a Snapchat or something, doesn't mean I'm dating them, you know? And I think we live in a culture where, like, if two people, a guy and a girl, are going to do something, they're immediately dating now. Like, that, that doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I think sometimes just the idea of, of who you're dating and, and, and why sometimes is a little confusing with our culture, but, um, yeah, I'm... I'm kinda of lost. What was the question again?
0: This, what should you look for in oh, a relationship? what should I look for?
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think obviously one is do you if you're a guy, do you even know what a Proverbs 31 woman is? Or do you just know Proverbs 31 or do you know what it actually says? Um, if, if you're a woman, do you know what a man of God looks like? An M-O-G. Do you know what that looks like? Okay. Um, and to be an M-O-G, just looking for that P31, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's a bumper sticker we should make. But anyway, that's, uh, uh, but I'm just saying that, that, do you even know what those things are? On top of that, the word of God says, man, to be, uh, kind and patient and not self-seeking. So if you look at somebody, think about this, man, I I love this person. This is somebody that I'm going to love and fall in love with, um, are you patient with them? Are you are you are they kind? Not just sometimes like are they kind? Are they always kind? Are they self-seeking? Are they rude? Um, because the Bible says it mean, if you can find somebody and this is all part of your story, uh man, love never fails. It it all love always endures and love never fails. Um I wanna say love wins, but I think that's like a terrible shirt that's out right now. But anyway, yeah. So uh, but love never fails. Yeah.
0: All right, last question, last question. Um so how do you get through a fight in a relationship, and what kind of fights should you kind of steer
1: away from and say, hey, like, I need to get out of this relationship? <laughs> okay, so you have different kinds of – like, well, in marriage, you know, I'm, I've been married to Brittany for 11 years, and, um, uh, you know, Brittany and I get an argument. You can call them fights or whatever. We we'll probably get an argument, you know, once every day or a few days, okay? Like, that's, like, pretty normal. Okay, I think it's normal. I hope it's normal. But anyway, but the thing is, is like it's not like there's not been one time I ever thought to myself, "This is it. We're we're getting divorced." You know, like because we just know how to fight. You just know how to fight fear. Um, and I know the things that are like off limits. We just don't talk about, and we just don't go to that level. And there's some things like, you know, you just handle in marriage. Now, when you're talking about what about fights with like relationships with guys and girls? Okay, obviously, when you're in tenth grade, um, if if you're getting in major fights about things, let's just say, for instance, I mean, one, one of my pet peeves, you know, you, know how you can follow people on, you know, share your location with them. And now they're like, they know where you are all the time. That's, yeah. Okay. I don't know why people just give that location out to anybody. Like if you're following who you're dating all the time, that's not the healthiest thing to do. That's just not very healthy. And I get some friends, like, you're doing it with, like, 30 people, and so like you just know where everybody is. But, like, if you're, the only person you're following is your boyfriend, and they're following you, and you just know where they are all the time. That's, like, not healthy at all. And oh, But on top of that, think of, you talk about arguments. I'm, like, chasing a rabbit here, but th- think about arguments. Chase it, um, baby, chase it. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about arguments. Uh, arguments are always, um, came from an expectation that wasn't met. Every argument, it doesn't matter if you're married, if you're on your first date, you're on the fifth date, an argument always comes because an expectation wasn't met. And so my question is this: what was the expectation that you had? Was it because they would respond like a Christian and they didn't? Was it because uh, they were lazy and you were not? Is it because uh, they were a jerk? Was it what, like, what was that? And so after a while, if you have so many expectations that weren't met, my question to you would be, why are those expectations not getting met? It's because you guys are totally different levels. You guys are totally different areas. Um, and obviously, it doesn't go without saying... Verbal abuse, physical abuse, like all those things, you immediately need to end a relationship. And I would also say, if you know somebody in that relationship, get them out of that relationship. Um, Because if you're in those relationships, those are hard relationships to get out of. Um, And so I would say if you see that happening, to back up out of that.
0: Wow, Caleb, that was great, man. That's your student pastor right there, Caleb Wade. Great job. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We'll be back with more podcasts later.